Commercialising public spaces. Under the mask of the Olympics, the Brisbane City Council and State Government are privatising public areas. For example, we were told that the Roma Street Forum, or Emma Miller Place, near City Hall, was to be left alone by the new Cross River Rail development. This was a lie. We were also told that Kurilpa Point at South Brisbane was to be a parkland area to accommodate an increase in population density in the South Brisbane and West End areas. This too was a lie. In both places, former parks and gardens are to be replaced by stadiums and 90-storey buildings, reaching 270 metres into the air. To be surrounded by commercial and residential spaces for rich people. Who else can afford to live in luxury apartments in the centre of the city? Professional people and their sons and daughters have gone to elite public schools, that's who. Councillor Jonathan Sriranganathan had this to say about the new development in the Kurilpa Point area. Today, Adrian Schrinner, Brisbane City Council Mayor, announced that he wanted to rezone some of the inner city's most flood-prone land along the South Brisbane riverfront to allow 90-storey residential development. It was previously identified as future parkland, so said Jonathan Sriranganathan. State Government Representative for Kurilpa, Amy McMahon, is opposed to these 90-storey buildings. This community is jaded from the last decade of luxury apartments that have swept through our neighbourhood. These developments have often come with the promise of new infrastructure and better housing for affordability, but this has not happened. These have been blatant lies from property developers and government. Local and state authorities are going against the wishes of the people that live in those areas. Otherwise, why did the people vote and elect representatives that oppose these plans? This is an undemocratic money grab by rich developers. Meanwhile, down the road, the state government has closed historic East Brisbane School, which services a catchment around that area. You can see the parents walking their children to East Brisbane Primary School. These are parents from diverse backgrounds, and you can be sure that they're not wealthy. There is already a lot of mortgage stress in that area. All this is to be taken away and replaced by another giant stadium by demolishing the existing, perfectly adequate Gabba Stadium. This is what democracy looks like. Let it be said... If you are a rich developer, if you are a Quizlink councillor or a state member who wishes to be on the side of money, we are coming to get you. This is Ian Kerr, 4PR Voice of the People. So let's go out with this spoken word song, Maywa by Rivermouth. The speaker is Jonathan Sriranganathan. Before the beginning, there is Mundagara, the rainbow serpent who creates Maywa, the river. That story isn't ours to tell, but we pay our respects to those who were here before us and to those still fighting for sovereignty and justice. We acknowledge the weight of unfinished business that lies heavy on this city, and we are mindful that actions speak louder than words. In the early years of the invasion, 
Maywa's waters are clean and clear. The river roils with life. Enough fish to feed thousands. Tree-lined banks roar with the voices of a hundred thousand birds. Freshwater springs flow down through secret rainforest gullies. And the mosquitoes swarming up from the swamps of Wollongabba are merciless. The city is not even a dream yet. Locals know the river's moods intimately. Its cycles intertwine with theirs. It speaks to them in a language older even than their own. There is abundance. But the invaders have a violent appetite. Trees are felled. Creeks are tamed. Cattle tramples the delicate landscape. Eroded topsoil clouds the water. Worse still are the massacres, the rapes, the arsenic and the noose, false justice from the end of a rifle barrel, slavery, torture. The word genocide hasn't been invented yet, but there's no other term that can describe such atrocities. The city is born out of this apocalypse. Future generations will dream fitfully of Armageddon, unaware that they already live in the shadow of recent catastrophe. The great lizards and snakes are hunted almost to extinction. Sacred sites are desecrated. Once quiet glades echo with gunshots and screams. Yet even in these early days, there are those who fight to protect the special places that will soon be eaten by the metropolis. There are those who question their people's savagery and treachery and their dealings with the Yunjin's rightful custodians. Many of these small resistances go unrecorded but already they're etching themselves into the cultural bedrock of the future city. Remnant artifacts of rebellion and uprising are washed into the river, only to be dug up again and embedded in the architecture of the growing town. Down by the river's edge, where time flows slower, like tree sap, deciding whether to sink your toes into the mangrove mud, Weighing the risk of waterborne bacterial infection against the glorious liberation of connecting barefoot with something more powerful than yourself. That's when all kinds of flots and epiphanies wash up in the shallows, surfing the waves of city cats. And perhaps the greatest of these is that some stories are too big to tell, too honeycombed and layered to fully comprehend. They defy timelines and rigid chronologies. We can only scratch the surface, hoping perhaps to reveal some new aspect of the greater, deeper epic that connects us all, but mindful that the larger portion of the story will always remain untold, and that in fact the story is right in us. See, we wanted to craft a linear tale, with a start and an end and a narrative arc, but these musings on culture and counterculture, hegemony and counter-hegemony, are bound up inextricably in the history of our city, and time is less of a straight line and more like overlapping cycles and spiderwebs, so we let each note and chord serve as reference links, footnotes to a thousand unspoken anecdotes, slotting our little pieces into the ever-mutating mosaic that is Brisbane, humbled by the knowledge that the river will still be flowing long after we're gone. Remember this. The city is made of the riverbed and the bay. 
for decades we dredged the bottom, binding the river to the sea, grinding that sand and silt into cement to build our walls and towers. There is coral in the skyscrapers. Those big glass windows are made with beach sand. Office blocks and parking lots. Retaining walls and shopping malls. All that concrete came from the river and the bay. Tiny crustaceans. Skeletons of ancient shellfish. Fossilised leaves and branches Pulverised and reassembled Do they remember their past forms? Do we remember where it all came from? Fragments of Stradbroke Island Now hang in bridges Suspended above the river And when the heavy storms batter in Jerobar Rolling in from the sea the buildings of the CBD vibrate in sympathy. The old windmill, the commissariat store, all that stone from the quarries of Kangaroo Point. Mortar lime was oyster shells from Amity. Apartments yearn to rejoin the ocean. This longing infects the occupants, who themselves begin to dream of the sea. One day, years from now, perhaps the concrete will get its wish, dust to dust. The river will claim back its scattered essence. Towers will erode and disintegrate. Bridges will commit suicide. And still the water keeps flowing. There is coral in the skyscrapers. Those big glass windows are made with beach sand.